0: Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Because we're celebrating the 4th of July this weekend, it made me think about what it means to be independent, to be free. How many of you know the words to America the Beautiful? Most of us probably know some of it, but probably not all of it. Listen to the words of the third verse. "O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. Did you ever give any thought to who these heroes are? who unselfishly gave of themselves for the sake of our country. Many men and women put their futures on hold. They gave of their time, gave them the, themselves for the sake of their country. Many gave their lives for our freedom. There are over 22 million veterans in the United States today, and many came back with haunting memories of the evil they experienced during the time they served. How do you come back from something like that? How are we thanking them for that ultimate sacrifice, and how are we helping them? Over 48,000 U.S. veterans were wounded in the most recent conflicts. Unlike physical wounds of war, you can't always see the emotional ones, but they're carried around 24-7. Emotional scars like PTSD roughly affect 8 million people in the United States. And that number jumps to about 11 to 20% among Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. The statistic of 22 veterans per day dying by suicide is evident of the impact on those suffering from those invisible scars. My first guest today is Patricia Clayson from Healing Warrior Heart, which is a nonprofit for veterans and their families dedicated to healing the emotional, emotional, moral, and spiritual wounds of war through weekend retreats. So, Welcome to the show today, Patricia.
2: Thank you very much. I'm glad and honored to be here.
1: We're honored to have you here. So what brought you to Healing Warrior Hearts and why?
2: Well, for me, the story goes back to very early in my life. My father was a medic in World War II, and he came back with what is uh, was called then shell shock his own version of what we now know as PTSD, and I saw the pain that he was in, uh, especially at times like Memorial Day or times when he was with his fellow veterans at the VFW post. They would talk about things that had happened, and they would drink a lot as a way of avoiding the pain, and then in high school, it was the time of the Vietnam War, and my boyfriend, was drafted and went over to Vietnam and came back a very, very different person. He almost killed somebody one day who tapped him on the shoulder from behind. He had his version of post-traumatic stress disorder. So I saw it in both of them and I was asked at one point to help another Vietnam veteran many years later. um, I have been doing workshops weekend intensives called taking it lightly which were about handling emotional dramas and stressors that people had in their lives and a vietnam veteran came to me and said can you do that with me can i do that program and work on my issues from my service in vietnam my emotional stuff and i said yes and it was extremely powerful for him and may just made a major change in his life he came back to me and he said would you consider helping me create a program like this just for veterans? Out of that came the Bamboo Bridge. We did for many years. Uh, it was a two-and-a-half-day weekend intensive to help veterans get through the emotional drama and trauma that they carried with them. Vietnam veterans, unlike World War II veterans, came, they came back with their version of PTSD, but we welcomed them home. Vietnam veterans, we spat on and we called baby killers, and there were a lot, of, a, a lot of pain in the ending of Vietnam and what those veterans experienced coming back. They weren't welcomed back. There weren't ticker tape parades for them. And so the result of that was that they carried some pretty deep wounds, many of them for 20, 30 years at that point and uh, we started doing the weekend program for those vets and the transformation that we saw that was so powerful. We had veterans who would say things like, I've slept through the night for the first time in 30 years, finally feel like it might be safe for me to open up my heart again. Or they would cry for the first time in 30 years, you know, things like that. And to see that kind of change happen and see how happy their family members were afterwards because they felt like they could be with that person again in a different way than they had been able to for the longest of times. All of those things together just sort of got me hooked on doing the work with veterans, and I've been doing it in one way ever since. What a gift to give. You know, we also talk uh, uh, on the show
1: about giving a blessing, being a blessing and giving a blessing, right? What a, what a blessing and a gift you've given. Um, give an example of the kind of work that you do then
2: at Healing Warrior Hearts, specifically. Well, I have a story that I have permission to tell. Um, the vet's name, first name is Mike. And um, he was part of a unit in Vietnam that's written about in the book, Lions of Medina. And essentially, the story goes that they were attacked. His unit was attacked and everyone was killed but him. He laid still waiting for the enemy to leave, thinking everyone was dead. And then he got up only to find out that all of his all the other members of his unit were were gone. And he made it home. However, he carried survivor's guilt with him. Could I have done something differently? Was it the cowardly thing to do to just lay there and wait for the enemy to leave? Uh, On and on. I mean, he had many stories that he told himself about that. And his post-traumatic stress was crippling for him, physically as well as emotionally. He, he walked, he was very stooped when he walked. He used a cane. He had a hard time getting around. He didn't really want to be mobile. So knowing the story that he told about what happened that day, what we did as a retreat unit, as all the people who were together, is we took some blue scarves. And we created a river, if you would, a metaphorical river of blue on the floor because they had to cross a river to come back. And then one of us walked across the river with Mike to go back to get each of his members of his unit. And we had a bunch of other arms on the floor on the other side of the the river. So one by one, walk across... Mike would pick up one of the scarves and he would say, this is Bill. And he would say something to Bill. Then he would walk back across the river and give the scarf to any one of the veterans or civilian staff who were there and say, this is Bill. Please welcome him home. And one by one, he brought back every, you can tell the tears in my own eyes right now. One by one, he brought back every member of his unit. And he cried, and he cried, and he cried, and everybody in the room was crying as he did this. And when he got back across the river, he just, like, collapsed. I mean, not in a, a bad way, but just he just finally let go and let us home. And he was standing tall, and he said, I slept last night. For the first time, I slept all night and that, that is one of the more powerful stories of the kind of thing that happens in the context of healing warrior hearts. We spend Friday night of the retreat having the vets get to know each other. We spend Saturday letting them tell their stories and do this kind of healing work. And we spend Sunday doing integration and looking at building a positive future. So that, that's just one of the many stories of the healing that happens
1: wow wow that is that's really something um i could listen all day long to wonderful stories like that i mean that's so powerful um we want to hear more about the impact that you're having on these men and women who have sacrificed so much so stick around everyone and we'll be right back to learn more
0: thanks for tuning in this is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Julie Conomo on news talk. 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm talking today with Patricia Clayson representing healing warrior hearts. Uh, if you missed that first segment, why well, you really missed something because that was such an impactful story that Patricia shared, um, I'm sure you've got so many more stories where that came from. Can you share uh, some more about the work you do and the impact you're having on veterans?
2: One of the things that happens in the program that is very special is the depth of bonding that occurs. Uh, when uh, anyone is in a traumatic situation, the people who shared that situation have with them uh, have a bond with them. And one of the things that many veterans miss when they come back uh, and go home and are alone, so to speak, is uh, or not with their unit anymore. Uh, is that they they miss that depth of bond and camaraderie? And one of the things that happens in the work that we do is those two and a half days of intensive time together, and the depth of the stories and the sharing that happens creates. A similar kind of bond it's a bond of healing as opposed to the bond of the pain and it's very special that we have both veterans and civilians who are involved in the weekend retreats because the, the veterans have an opportunity to see that there are civilians who can hear their stories who can hold their stories without judgment without condemnation without fear and that allows them to release the story and, and feel honored and respected. Uh, even sometimes fellow veterans don't want to hear other veterans' stories because it's too much. Uh, so there's something very special that happens in all of that sharing and, and the deep bonding that goes on. And a community gets created. So every retreat has its own mini-community of people who have shared that unique retreat But then there's also the larger community of hundreds of people who have been through the program both the veterans who have been there as participants and the civilians who have been there as staff veterans who have been there as staff and they now have a larger community that they can come to and be a part of at any time they can come back and staff a retreat once they've been through the retreat weekend, and then that expands their community some more. And these are all people whose lives are being dedicated to health and wellness and creating a positive future. And also the values, many of the values that the military hold, the values of integrity and leadership and compassion, and I've got your six, I got your back, all of those things are also part of the community. So the impact that the retreat has a way out into their everyday lives as they now have brothers and sisters in healing who they can reach out to and count on. We have a, a fun saying at the weekend, um, It's very simple, but we talk about reaching out and everybody gets a roster of the people who are at the weekend. And so you'll hear people say, use the roster, use the roster, use the roster. And it's this reminder of we need to stay connected. And they do. And many of them become lifelong friends. We've been doing this work for 35 years now. And I know people who were in the work at the very beginning who are still very deep, close friends with people who went through the program with them. And they come back. Some of them will come back five, ten years later to staff a weekend or be a part of it. So it's really hard. Some vets will say it's harder to do the emotional healing work than it was to be in combat. And so if we can provide the kind of emotional safety that allows them to do that work, the healing that happens is deep and permanent. Uh, this isn't a, a hu rah rah pep rally. This is deep and permanent lasting healing that happens for people and that they then share with others.
1: And it's wonderful that once they feel that they have progressed in their healing, that they can turn around and lend a helping hand to another veteran to help them through the healing. Uh, Because once, you know, they talk about if if you're struggling in some way, the best way for you is uh, a, a good part of healing or a good part of moving on or not thinking so deeply about it is to go out and help somebody else, do something for somebody else, and then it just makes a big difference. So how beautiful that that once they go through that healing process, they can then turn around and help another brother
2: uh, through that healing process. Many times what happens is when vets come home, they lose their sense of mission. They don't have a mission and they're very deeply mission ingrained uh, mission first. And so when they come back and they can find a place to be of service, especially to other veterans, but just to be of service that gives them another mission. It gives them a focus and a purpose, and that's why they often, when they find an organization, they stay very deeply involved with that organization um, because that's a new mission for them. And so helping their brothers and sisters to build their new lives, to Uh, be better parents, to be better participants in the community, to find ways to other ways to be of service. We do, in addition to the retreats that we do, for example, we have an annual event called Operation Grateful Giving, where we put together 300 gift bags of fun stuff for the veterans, and then we have a group of, it's usually 80 to 100 people who show up on Christmas Eve morning to walk through the VA and deliver these gift bags to the veterans, many of whom who don't have local family, um, and they, they talk. The reason there's so many people delivering the bags is they stop and they visit with the veterans, they spend time with them. They don't just walk in and say, here's a bag of stuff, Merry Christmas, Bye. You know, so that's another way that we're being of service uh, to the community and supporting the vets uh, who are hurting and and can't go out, can't go home for Christmas. And so by giving them ways that they can be involved in the community and, and support other veterans, that's another big piece of their healing that happens for them. We, we love to
1: be able to, to highlight different nonprofits because we want people to understand that there are so many ways that you can reach out and help. Uh, I've said so many times that there's, there's over 54,000 nonprofits in our state, over 22,000 in the southeastern Wisconsin area. There is something that is going to appeal to someone's passion. And if you're passionate about veterans, we've interviewed a number of veteran organizations, um, You know, there's so many different ways that people can reach out and give, whether that's volunteering on that Christmas Eve day, like Patricia talked about, whether that's uh, contributing to a a gift fund. You know, how how else can listeners be involved with
2: Healing Warrior Hearts? Our organization is an all-volunteer organization. We don't pay salaries to anyone, and that allows us to use all of the money that we get to – provide these programs for the veterans to provide these retreats so they can participate of course is giving donations to the organization so that we can uh, provide the retreats at no cost to the vets but there are many other ways as well we have a graduation at every healing warrior hearts retreat on sunday evening at five o'clock we want people to come and acknowledge these vets for their courage to do their emotional healing work so people could come to a graduation and be there and maybe bring treats. You know, some people will bring cookies or, you know, that kinds of stuff to help make it more of a party for the vets. Um, you, people can participate as staff in the retreats if they're able to give us three days from Tuesday evening meeting, Friday noon meeting until we're done on Sunday night. Some people do have that kind of time to offer. Uh, we, of course, vet and train people to be uh, staff for the retreats, but that's another way that they can be involved. They can participate in some of our fun fundraising events that we do. Uh, so lots of different ways for people to be involved. If they just go to our website and say I'd like to volunteer, we'll get back to them and, and talk about what we can offer and that to them as opportunity and what skills they have and talents they'd like to share.
1: Okay, so that was my next question. Contact information. If somebody wants to reach out to Healing Warrior Hearts and hear hear more, learn more about the wonderful work you do and and, and or volunteer. Is the website the best way to get a hold of you or somebody?
2: It is the best way, and it's very simple, healingwarriorhearts.org. They just go to the website. All the information about the retreats is there, about our special events, about volunteering, abundance of information there, multiple ways they can reach through and contact us. We'll get back to them quite quickly and talk with them about how we could possibly work together. Wonderful.
1: Well, thank you for being here today, Patricia, and thank you for the wonderful work that you and Healing Warrior Hearts does for the veteran community. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jill.
1: You're welcome. It's been proven that various forms of art, whether that's music, dance, or theater, have an obvious connection with emotional expression and emotional healing. Stay tuned to hear how our next nonprofit helps veterans be seen and heard in the expression of their thoughts and feelings using stories from Shakespeare. We'll be right back after a commercial break.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Nancy Smith-Watson, who is the Executive Director of Feast of Crispian, or FOC, and is a nonprofit that brings professional actors and veterans together to strengthen the emotional resources they need to overcome trauma and reintegration issues. So welcome
3: to the show today, Nancy. Thank you so much, Jill. really appreciate uh, you and Ellen Becker giving us the opportunity to talk about this amazing work that goes on with veterans. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by all the good
1: stuff already and we've got more good stuff to come. Um, I am so intrigued by your name.
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes, awesome. it's, it, it is very unique. We, we often, that's usually the first thing that people ask about is where, where that comes from. Feast of Crispian is from the same speech that Band of Brothers comes from, which is out of Shakespeare's play, Henry V. Uh, that it's a very very long speech where he's he's rallying his his lieutenants for the for the battle of Agincourt and um, he is trying to they, they're very very outnumbered and so he's trying to bring up the the spirits of of his warriors and the part of the speech that we use starts this day is called the feast of crispy and he that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when the day is named so it's a it's a It's a it's a marker for this particular day that goes on and that speech goes on to talk about several things that we really address with the veterans. Um, One of those being the invisible wounds of PTSD. So many veterans because of the survivability of the modern conflicts. Come back with. Perhaps they don't have physical wounds, but they have those internal wounds that that are are so important to address because of the fact that people don't see them and so they don't understand. And in that speech, they also talk about, you know, I'll, on that day I'll strip my sleeve and show my scars and say these wounds I had on Crispin's day. And then that same speech goes on later to say, um, "We few, we happy few, we we band of brothers." And that's a big piece. A lot of veterans don't even know that when they're saying Band of Brothers that they're actually quoting Shakespeare in that. Um, And that was why we chose Feast of Crispy to, to be the name of the organization. What a unique story. Very interesting. So then why do you use acting
1: specifically to accomplish this connection between thoughts and feelings with healing?
3: Well, it's actors spend all of their education, working with understanding and having access to their emotional life. And one of the things that that is really important to actors is that there's there's no judgment call on any of the on, on any of the emotions. It's it, to, to reference other art forms. We think of it as our paint box, uh, or, you know, all of the emotional range that we have. And in the military, Emotions are trained out of them. They're trained to suppress their emotions because if you're, if you're feeling things in the midst of combat, it can get you or your, your band of brothers killed in, in the situation and can get in the way. So they really need to, to have that put aside. And when they come back at the end of war, um, there isn't a lot of opportunity for them to reconnect with any kind of, of sense of their emotional life and our bias as actors is that the emotional life is imperative to the satisfaction of living and and, and also the relationship of being able to, to relate to your family, being able to relate to your coworkers, um, building community. And so as actors, we come in uh, with a with a whole skill set of how to how to reach into those emotional places. And to express them in a really healthy way, um, what happens a lot of times in PTSD is that they it gets ex- it, it's suppressed it's suppressed it's suppressed and then it they go into a, a heightened place of expression out of, you know it'll it'll they'll go into hyper arousal and they'll they'll show rage or huge grief or or whatever it is and they don't have an opportunity to really express it in a healthy way. And so um, through acting, we have, we have some supports for that. Then bringing in Shakespeare on top of that is really particularly amazing. Um, you know, we, how we got into this in the beginning is, is the three of us founders who, who started this, um, my partners, Bill Watson and, and Jim Tassie, all of us are complete Shakespeare geeks, we love it. We've always loved Shakespeare. It's always been a, a big part of our, of our theatrical lives. And we all felt really strongly that, that by doing Shakespeare who has these, um, these very big stories and the language of Shakespeare is deeply emotional in its present language. So in Shakespeare, if, if, if the character is saying something the rule of thumb is that that it is what they're thinking right there in the moment, and so it allows for this huge expression of emotions, and the language itself elicits emotion and there are all these what I call magical properties of, of Shakespeare that are uh, actually science is is on our side with all of this stuff. There's a couple of studies that come out of NYU that spe- speak specifically to how the language of Shakespeare functions in the brain in order to kind of reconnect the areas. And PTSD, one of the things that happens is all of the sensory parts of the brain go offline uh, so that they just don't feel, whoever is, is experiencing P- PTSD is, is usually, and this is for coping, this is just for coping with it, they're usually in a state of numbness and in, in a state of dissociation where they just don't feel anything and can't really connect up with those things. Um, metaphor has this very unique property in the brain that it, it, you, we must go into the sensory parts of the brain in order to understand what metaphor is. Um, I always tell the veterans, uh, you know, plum lips, what do plums and lips have to do with each other? Nothing. Right. So we have to go into the part of the brain where we have experienced a plum and go, oh, what is it about the the plum that I remember I remember that it smells fruity and lovely and sweet and it's juicy and it's got this beautiful shiny red color and it's something that I want to put against my mouth and so when you pair that up with lips you go oh that sounds like something I want to kiss right and they have to go into those uh, sensory parts of the brain in order to make sense of that and so very gently those parts of the brain kind of bump back on a little bit, and they start to, and, and the other unique thing about the sensory parts of the brain is that when we are in those, when we're thinking about something that is, or speaking about it, uh, that's sensory, there's a little ripple of actual physical sensation in that, and so it's very, very gentle way of bringing their bodies back into the experience of it. The other thing that I didn't talk about in acting is that also the, the mask of it, the fact that um, so many times veterans will tell us they can't, they can't speak to some of the stories that, that they, that, that they experienced. They just Either they have tried to speak to them and people responded badly, or they literally just, they can't get the words out. They just can't talk about it. And so we give them this mask of character where it's not they themselves that are playing this. It's, it's a role. So it's, it's not, it's not this veteran that's talking about this experience. It's Cassius and and then we give them the words and um, one of the things that's really unique about us uh, we've never had a veteran who went through the program who couldn't do it we have special techniques so that um, even though the language is difficult to speak we we have somebody that stands at their shoulder and reads it for them and so all they have to do is repeat what we say and then they can act it they can do whatever they want with it and this allows for them to speak the language without having to, uh, um, e- to expose something personal.
1: Yeah, I was thinking uh, when we first met and you talked about Shakespeare, I have a hard time getting through reading uh, something, uh, you know, a Shakespearean story because of the language. So I thought, boy, that might be a barrier uh, to some people, but you're saying it never, it never is, huh?
3: absolutely not. That's that's why we use the technique. And it is, it's very difficult. I, I mean, uh, act, professional actors, if you hand them a cold read of Shakespeare, can't do it. So having that special technique is really, is really powerful. We're set up for success. We want them to be successful.
1: Well, and you mentioned to me before that you're not trying to fix anything. You know, you encourage your participants, your veterans, to work closely with their therapists on what they might learn about themselves. So you're not you're providing a solution um, to healing, but you're not, you're not trying to fix anything.
3: That's right. I mean, I think that's actually one of the most powerful things because when they're in therapy, there's an agenda to that. They're, they're working on coping skills and things like that. And when we come in, we are just there to, to provide a safe context for them to express an emotion all the way through from beginning to end without agenda of, of what happens at the end of that.
1: Okay, and Patricia had talked a little bit in her segment, too, um, about the community and how uh, they work with the community, and and I wanted to get to that. So we're going to take a break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to learn how Feast of Crispian is engaging with the local community and how they're making an impact. So stay tuned.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Nancy Smith-Watson, Executive Director of Feast of Crispian. So, Nancy, how does Feast of Crispian engage, then, with the local community? Give us some ideas of, of what you guys are working on and doing.
3: Yeah, um, you know, honestly, theater is, that's one of the things that I think works so well in terms of, of uh, the veterans. And Patricia had mentioned this in the earlier segment as well about how that sense of camaraderie is, is whether they had a good experience or a bad experience, you know, the, the, the restoration of camaraderie is so, so important to them. And theater is an ensemble art form. Um, you know, you, one person drops out, the whole thing doesn't work as well. And so it's really important that we all have each other's backs. And in, we are so lucky in the Milwaukee uh, County community that there's just, um, there's so many opportunities for organizations to work together. Um, Feast of Crispian works with other theaters, theater, uh, we work with other veteran support organizations, other veteran support arts organizations we have there's arts organizations that are not veteran centered centered that we bring our veterans in to work with them as well um, the big piece that we do in the community what we consider our outreach is that we do a, f- a full veteran acted uh, production once a year and and that's where we're really encouraging our civilian audiences to come in and interact we do a uh a, It's always, of course, it's always Shakespeare based, but we we also mix in the veterans' personal stories into what goes on. And always we keep a a good chunk of time at the end for the audience to ask questions and interact with the veterans. I always feel that that's such an important thing on both sides of it, Um, not only because the veterans feel a lot of times that civilians don't understand them uh, and don't really want to hear what they have to say. And so it's really important that they get a chance to see that people are interested and care about what they do. And then for civilian audiences, because we are we just don't have the kind of media saturation, like for instance, during the Vietnam War, um, where it was on the news every single night. And so it's really easy for people to not understand what's going on and to not understand what the veteran goes through when they come back home in this. And so to, to bring people in and to let them have uh, information about that is very, very important. All that information is available on our website. Of course, I can't tell you what's, what's going on right now because we're in the middle of summer, and, and so it'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens next, but um, they can always go to our website and find out about those productions.
1: So if there's a veteran out there that uh, has a taste for Shakespeare or who just wants to find uh, a different kind of way to go through the healing process. We want to make sure that they understand they don't have to have any acting background, as you say, because you teach them, you work through that. But so what would they do? Would they just call you? Would they go to your website and just say, I want to be involved in some of these productions?
3: Yeah, the website's the best place to, to get in, to get involved with any of that. And I just have to say, they don't even have to care about Shakespeare um we we our three-day intensive weekends that we do with the veterans are inside the va we have to work it we have to work it to get a lot of the veterans in for the weekend but once they are in there um, we it's very rare for us to to lose anybody over the weekend as it as it goes along Um, a lot of times they they're kind of dragged in by either by a staff member or by another veteran who's been through it and they they think oh, I don't I didn't even like Shakespeare in high school Why would I want to do this and they come in and they find out what an amazing experience it is So we do highly encourage people to just come and give it a try um, One of the one of the other things that we do is we have a witnessing at the end of the weekend and and um, That's another place where the where the civilian population can come in at the end of that weekend so walk us through a little bit of the process here. So
1: you're, it's important, I guess, you uh, know, I'm thinking about this for people to understand that you work with the VA, you know, you go in, you work with the VA, the, the people, uh, the veterans will go there to go through, is it just one weekend class or how, give us an idea of the commitment uh, from the veteran to be involved with one of these productions that you put on.
3: Yeah, and the productions and our work with the veterans are two very different things. The productions, yes, they are, they tend to be the v- veterans that have been with us for a while so that they are ready to feel the intense stress that it is to be on stage. Um, but the, our really, our foundation, our foundation of work is the work that we do both inside and outside the VA. And the VA we have the luxury of time because a lot of the people that we work with are actually in residential programming. They're living on the VA campus. And so we have a Friday evening, all day Saturday, a half day Sunday to work with them. And they can come back as many times as they want. Um, and we have off-campus workshops as well, which tend to be just a day long. Um, people off campus have jobs and lives and three days is a big commitment. Um, and we have weekly classes as well, and everybody is welcome to all of it, a veteran of any status, uh, of any branch. We actually are hoping eventually to get active duty to be more of a part of this so that they're starting to be ready when they're transitioning out of the military. They're getting ready to go back to their their emotional lives again. So Um, reservists can also participate. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we, we often have reservists come through and, and um, do a weekend with us. And it's, it's intense. I mean, it's, it's actually one of the things that the veterans tell us that they love because it's, they, they get a sense of it's, it, what we call it a safe, it's a safe risk. Uh, it feels very dangerous to them, but there's no loss of life or no loss of limb. Doing Shakespeare out there, and um, when they come off at the end of it, a lot of times they feel very, very relieved, like they've they've gotten to release of some, some things that have gone on, and then they bring in other people. So, tell us how has COVID affected you? Well, as uh, as people can imagine if they know anything about theater at all, they know that they've been shut down all across the, actually all through the world, but certainly across the country, theaters have been shut down right now. And, and theater is an in-person activity. And that's a part of what's so important about it is that physicality of our voices vibrating each other in the same room together and, and having that kind of interaction. So it's utterly affected us. Um, we are keeping up, we're keeping track of a lot of our um, at-risk, veterans that may have a tendency toward isolation. Uh, I know that Patricia's group also is doing online um, work and we're doing online work so that we have weekly meetings where they can show up every week and just check in. Um, We encourage them to check in with each other and uh, we're working on a little writing piece between their own personal stories and and Shakespeare online right now which we hope to do a little staged reading of at some point. Nope. Hope for the future. So you're, you're dealing with
1: it, in other words. We are. Deal, but you're making the best of it. Give us, again, contact information, uh, website, phone numbers, who people should reach out to if they want to engage uh,
3: with Feast of Crispian. Yes, uh, which is obviously, that's going to be a hard one to remember. So what I tell people is just to Google Shakespeare with veterans, and they're going to find us. But the website is feastofcrispian.org. Uh, which has all of our contact information. They can contact us and get on the mailing list there or see what we have going on. Um, our phone number is 414-203-1960, um, but that's on the website as well. And uh, we we're always really eager to have any veteran who wants to come and join us at any time in any capacity. Wonderful.
1: Well, Thank you very much, Nancy, for joining us today. And thank you for uh, you as well, using your passion and your talents to make a difference
3: in the community. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Uh, I do wanna mention too that uh, both of our guests today, both the organizations are part of the Veterans Health Coalition, community organizations that provide services to veterans. Uh, These organizations work together to let veterans know that there are many resources beyond the VA that are available to them. So it's, it's veteranshealthcoalition.org. So you'll be able to find Feast of Crispian and Healing Warrior Hearts uh, as part of that resource. So I wanna thank my guests today again uh, for joining me, Patricia Clayson and Nancy Smith-Watson. Thank you again for all that you do to reach out and, and make a difference. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or you would like to cons- be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about some great people, great nonprofits that are doing awesome things in our community. You can tune in to AM 1130 on your radio, or you can go to News Talk 1130 on your computer or your tablet, and you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, and we're excited to share that you can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. So wherever you are, whatever time you would like to dedicate to listening, getting more information about these great nonprofits. There are many ways that you can do that. I hope you found the information we shared today helpful as far as how you can use your passion and your purpose to reach out and help others in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful day.